0: You're listening to the Faith Made Welcome Podcast, a progressive podcast of faith where we look at Christianity from a progressive Baptist tradition. This podcast is brought to you by Commonwealth Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. So whoever you are, wherever you are, or whatever you think about faith, you're welcome here. Please let us know what you think about our podcast by subscribing to it or by sharing it with someone who may be looking for a podcast like this. And we would love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a comment or question on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let's get started.
1: So here we go with another episode of Faith Made Welcome. Uh, So hello, everyone who's listening, Uh, but in the room, who do we have?
2: we have me Paul Fitzgerald um, I am sitting in on these faith meets science uh, episodes that we're doing these these days and uh, we're just about to wrap those up and move on to something else so this might be one of my last hurrahs as a regular we'll see um, but I get <laughs> we'll asked back we'll I, I asked get asked back as, a, as the resident uh, hard scientists hard scientist uh, on on these and I'm happy to be here again I teach biology degree in paleobiology and all kinds of
1: And our sound engineer.
2: And and I do sound usually, so it's Mm -hmm. great to talk to everybody again.
1: Hello.
0: And I'm Pastor Marty Anderson, co pastor here at Commonwealth Baptist Church. Mm -hmm.
2: And our guest.
1: Our guest is Mr., well, Dr. Dan. Uh, Dr. Dan Edwards, but first I should mention who I am. I forgot to do that at Mm. the beginning. Uh, So I am Sherry Spiegel and y'all have been listening to me on every episode of Faith Made Welcome. Um, And then today we get to talk to Dr. Dan, um, which is funny because I am a deacon here at this church and uh, I am actually Dan Edwards's deacon.
0: Which Dan's a deacon?
1: Dan is also a deacon, and we tried to work out whether we could deacon each other, and he's gotta wait a year, but it might happen. But anyway, Dan, oh. wanna say hello?
0: Don't
3: cross the streams. I think that's the-
1: <laughs> That the, is- I,
3: The yeah. streams, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, hi, it's great to be here. Uh, yep, CBC member. CBC deacon, uh, as of like 20 days ago or something like that, so new to that role. Right. Um,
4: yeah, we child have,
3: psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, Recovering evangelical, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what
1: Same. else do you need to know? I think that's a good start. I think it's a good start. You could
2: just do an hour on the phrase recovering evangelical and just yep. kind of go with that.
1: Totally
2: That'll too. be another series. Yeah, it's another series. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Dan, you're a child psychologist. We call you Dr. Dan. Do you want <coughs> to tell us about what makes you Dr. Dan? Like Paul over here is a paleontologist. I like to call myself a rhetorician. What makes you Dr. Dan?
3: the the piled higher and deeper degree mm-hmm. on my on my wall mm-hmm. uh, i went to the university of florida graduate school uh back in the 90s it's been a while um i took uh, five years to complete a phd in clinical and health psychology mm-hmm. um, most of the work was done at florida's specialty tertiary hospital at Shands and uh, Shands hospital in gainesville mm-hmm. And my specialty was child health and behavior. Um, Then I did a postdoc at um, uh, University of Rochester Mm -hmm. in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, two years up there doing a lot of um, uh, consultation with folks in the hospital that were experiencing different kinds of issues and concerns, especially kids and and teenagers. Mm
1: -hmm. So what makes it health and behavior? What does that look like?
3: So, Florida's program is known for a lot of health psychology. Um, It's integrating psychology into the medical field, Mm -hmm. So, um, and it could take on a wide variety of things for adults. A lot of it actually has to do with um, transplants, organ transplants. Mm -hmm. So, we had a lot of uh, folks on our team that would meet with the docs and the surgeons to assess Mm -hmm. someone's readiness for a transplant and what some of the psychological issues that might go along with getting a new lung or a new liver or a new heart. And mostly it was about what's the likelihood that this person would um, follow the post-surgical uh, regimen, hmm. right? Because it can be pretty tough and um, demanding. So we had to assess sort of the risks for folks going off there. The reason being hospitals get ranked and rated on their ability to pull off successful transplants. And so
4: <laughs> they really?
3: want to make sure that they have a high that's right, hmm. and we were considered part of the team. For children, it was more about um, kids with um, maybe diabetes and and really struggling with having to do all those um, finger sticks uh. uh-huh. um, and manage uh-huh. their sugar and not be able to eat the stuff that all the other kids got to eat when they were having a sleepover.
4: Right.
3: Uh-huh. Um, or we had uh, kids who were anxious about um, needles or injections or things like that, um, and we had a lot of sort of more of the ordinary variety of. Oppositional defiant
0: kids
1: and anxious kids, and mm-hmm. things like that, so. Cool. Thanks yeah. for being
0: here. The whole
3: gamut. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So thanks for being here. So we kind of thought we would start today's conversation, though who knows where it will go? Whoever knows where a podcast will go. Um, but we thought we would start with this idea of creation care. Marty, do you want to mm. tell us what you think of when you think of <laughs> creation care?
0: Um Well, you think about um, just taking care of the world that we live in. Um, And as for Christians, this has kind of been um, a bigger topic because we feel like we have more of a responsibility if we look at um, stories throughout the Bible. Um, We start back with the creation story. Um, And I think where, where the responsibility comes in is that in the creation story, after God created everything, then he created uh, humanity, and then said to Adam and Eve, you have dominion over everything that I've created. Which, in some 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 interpretation, that word dominion kind of like plays into the fact that I can get what I need from the earth, which in fact, it's more likely to say, you are a servant to maintain the earth. You are there to help the earth. Um, so that's the more um, responsibility of we as Christians. And um, creation cares is is that. And but what it means for our day and time, um, that's a that's a bigger conversation.
4: Mhm.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do we go with that? I think maybe we can start thinking about. How we take care, like what it means to take care of the planet, and what our planet seems to need, and I'm looking at Paul.
2: Well, you, when mm-hmm. when I was saying, uh, you know, a while ago, a couple a couple of days ago, I guess it's not a while, on uh, just kind of getting ready for today, and you know, talking to to, to Heidi about vaccines, you now talking to Dan. Sherry said, "Well, you know, Dan sold his car and he bought a bike." <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. Really? I said, "Really?" Really? Why? Well, Dan, why? I mean, because <laughs> <did you? laughs> like, yeah, Dan. Dan sold his car. And I was like, oh.
3: Is this a? By the way, is this an example of Paul dodging the question? I'm just
2: just saying. <laughs> Probably I, so. I yeah. see how he most, kicked the ball. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing because that's the question. It's like when you think about um, stewardship to the earth and how this inner interacts with who we are as people and how that sort of crash lands into faith and what we feel is our responsibility. And this came up with with our with with heidi lawrence as well this conversation about how um we take our personal responsibility to ourselves and to our community from the perspectives not only of ourselves but of our communities so it's it's we want to do right by ourselves we want to do right by our communities and we want to do right by our faith and how does you selling your car sort of play into that
3: when did they invent the phrase reduce reuse recycle um,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: Probably way before Sherry was born. Let's just say <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, it's been around a while. But I mean, do people really take it seriously? So whether you come from a Christian framework or not, I think that mantra, um, uh, it, you know, is is uh, it's a code to live by, right? Um, maybe, and I agree. You know, Marty, the the recovering evangelical in me goes back to that the same phrase about you know having dominion over the earth and being a good steward being the responsible adult in the room is the idea but i think being the responsible adult
4: mm-hmm. in the
3: earth means you know we consume less resources we try to make do with what we have and and um and recycle when this when <laughs> whenever possible
0: yeah and i think yeah and like like working the land like when i think of uh, creation care my mind goes to like rural areas where there's like these you know open fields where you can like work the land and you know plant grow gardens provide food off the grid and all these things but there's so much more to um, to that that we're responsible for um, I mean even in our crops and food supplies there's this whole um, conversation about the pesticides that we're using mm-hmm. and how is that affecting things and you know um, global warming, the emissions of our cars um, and all this stuff is is here and how is the world reacting to it and what are we what's our part in in thinking about these things and what's our part about, reacting to these things
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, yeah
1: yeah so it's kind of like that again we find ourselves thinking about that interplay between the individual choice and the community choice right yeah yeah so um so dan what kinds of roles do you see cars like like so yeah like y- well you didn't actually answer the question yeah you I mean, dodged was, the question so, right after paul did yeah in. so
2: you know the, the, <laughs> for me i mean hearing what marty had to say about it and, and and what you said dan it's like saying you know what i'm gonna have a more minimalist life i'm gonna have less emissions i'm gonna you know have less stuff and i'm gonna try to destroy everything less than than i i might be responsible for what yeah. at what 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 it what part of all of that makes you wake up in the morning and say today's the day I'm gonna sell my car and, and and actually do it you know so what what is the what what does it boil down to when it comes to the conversation about this is what this is why I'm doing this you know because all these kind of kind of vague, things that all sort of play into this are, 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 all, are all present, but ultimately it's at significant inconvenience possibly to you to do so, yeah. right? So what yeah. puts you over the line with it? It was like, yeah. okay, this is actually something I'm going to do.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I did and I didn't answer the question. You're right. I, I gave you a broad 40,000 foot, but I didn't like break. I didn't know you wanted the uh, Falling Fast, and yeah. I was breakdown. Um, but no, I, I laugh a little bit because I used to say that one of my mantras was simplify, simplify, simplify. And then I looked it up and I think, now I, gee, I'm putting myself on the spot. I think it was Thoreau. Mm. Anyone want to correct me on that?
4: That um, feels right. The,
3: the, Thoreau is correct. So the well, phrase was actually simplify, simplify. So I took, I I, I I, had to say it three times and then I looked it up and found out, no, you need to simplify that. So it's really just twice. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, so simplify, simplify and reduce, reuse, recycle, and have dominion over the earth. You know, there's a lot of different um, things that we hear, I think all of us do, about how we might live more simply, and that there's joy in that, right? Mm -hmm. There's supposed to be some really um, profound (laughs) Zen-like freedom that we obtain by, or Marie Kendo, you know, just declutter Mm -hmm. and and hold on to only those things that bring you joy. And I, so I think there's lots of triggers out there and prompts in the universe for us to pay attention to. So from that perspective, Paul, I don't know there was like a day that I woke up and said, wow, I have this crazy idea, you know, (laughs) that I'm going to sell my car. It's more like, how do I get in step with this path to joy that people say, you know, is just a little bit North of me, 10 steps, go Uh over there and try walking on that path for a while. Um, I had lived without a car before when I was married. And so, living without a car when you're married means you have like immediate access to sharing a vehicle
4: right so right
3: um so that was i guess a trial period of about two years without a car in my name but access to one um this past year has been truly a life without a car um it's inconvenient um it takes time to think about how to get to grocery stores um or the airport um i do think i can make a cost justification argument if anybody wants to go through Mm -hmm. that um you free up a lot of resources to take uber to go do things but um when you're not paying for insurance gas maintenance etc
4: um
3: but it is inconvenient and there are things you can't do um so you just have to accept the fact that you can't run up the afternoon to go do something in uh you know great falls that you might have wanted to do especially when it's raining Mm -hmm. um but i guess it feels like yeah i'm doing what um one of the life principles that I've established for myself, right? I'm, I'm living the life that I have chosen to live. And that makes those small inconveniences worth it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Dan, I pu- we put you on the spot, like you're the, the rare unicorn that doesn't have a car, but, um, my husband, you know, team Spiegel, uh, we are a one car family. It's basically his mm-hmm. car. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't actually driven that car since March. Um, and we, thats a, like that, like that's a conscious decision for us most of the time to not have a second car. It would be a lot more convenient. And, and society kind of treats you a little bit like you are an outlier. Like like, why don't you have a second car? And it's like, well, what does that give us? What is it like it gives us the need to consume more gas. That's what it. And more bills, right?
3: Right. And I, what I, I also think, um, and Marty, uh, we've talked before about David Gushy's book, um, Still Christian, uh-huh. uh, um, which a lot of that book I can relate to in terms of the, <laughs> the frustration with uh, evangelical mantras through the 80s and 90s and aughts. But anyway, well, he, he makes one. There's a section where he talks about a, a professor that he admired as a mentor. And one of the reasons they admired him is he just chose to live a simple life and as he explained that um it was part of it of course is um having to do with cars or transportation or of choosing to buy and use and maintain older cars and smaller cars and you know um, environmentally friendly cars as much as possible but also in other choices clothing or you know eating out other ways we consume resources you just stick to the principle that I'm gonna to try to navigate in such a way that it's there's no trying to keep up with the Joneses or you know being ostentatious about really anything, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I just, I admire people that can do that, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a work in progress.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, because I mean, if we think about, if we go back to the creation story, like everything in creation was there for us, like we didn't need any more. Um, Mm-hmm. And it was and we were planted right in the middle of it to manage all that we needed,
4: mm-hmm.
0: not to not mm-hmm. to produce more, but to manage what we have in in paradise, right? Um, so that's interesting that we think of creation care as maybe just simplifying what we we have and not producing what we have. Um, in that way. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: and I think the word need is kind of key there, right? Like, so this is about what do we actually need versus like what it means to just dominate. Like, I think sometimes it's like, okay, we are here to dominate over the world. So that means like spreading and taking over and not necessarily making choices based on need, but ability to expand, Um, but then you think about like stories like, um, you know, in the Bible, like where, you know, manna comes from heaven, and then they're like, cool, let's all hoard it, and they're like, oh, you know, and God's like, yeah, I see what you're doing there, I'm gonna make it rot, like, (laughs) just take what you need, and so they're, yeah, so I think this idea of need versus the ability to expand and dominate.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. and that's why I think in, you know, in Deuteronomy, they have, I don't know where it is, but they have these, the laws. And some of those laws is how do you work the land? Mm -hmm. And you work the land in such a way that it provides for what you need. And then there's a way you prepare it for how you need it to benefit the community. Mm -hmm. And there's all these laws that tell you how to work the earth to what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because we, when I was in Baltimore, working as the uh, college pastor, I took a group of students to Guatemala for a mission trip, and the missionary there was a missionary who was past a farmer, and we worked at a uh, an orphanage, and they, they provided everything for the orphanage, food, everything, so they had this huge garden, and that was one of our chores through the week to get the garden kind of ready to go and weeded and stuff, and it was, It was a beautiful garden like the people who worked in the kitchen would just come out right before dinner and Mm -hmm. get fresh vegetables for for the dinner and all this stuff and we had a conversation with him and he was like you know um i came here because you know i felt god's calling here but when i got here i realized that to care for this this plot of land that we we use he said I don't even think we've tapped into what all the earth can Mm. do like we're just on the surface of what the earth can do um but and and then he said but there's ways to do it
2: without killing it yeah you know Right. Um, so having dominion over the earth doesn't mean that you get to do sort of whatever you want. But it sounds that for, way. Yeah, but it sounds like, so, you know, is dominion the right word? I don't know what the original Hebrew word was. And whether it's, it's, it's more of
0: a, like the idea of of you are here to serve, to manage, to make sure. Right. Dominion's that, a funny word. It is. You know, It, it throws word. people isn't that,
3: off. Isn't that also where I, I don't remember... Uh, but isn't that also, or one way to interpret that word at that point is stewardship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It Be is. Be a steward, a caretaker, a, a manager. That's right. Of the resources.
2: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So can we swap that out? You know, can we like tell the NIV or whoever, whoever does King James, and say, "You know, take this Dominion word (laughs) and like dump that, and can we put like something a little more healthy in there for Because this Dominion gets used by by people in a lot of ways. I've seen personally Mm -hmm. with like in laws who don't listen to this podcast and things (laughs) to make this case and we get to do whatever we sort of want. You know, let's let's you know strip the the land out and dump a bunch of Roundup on it and plant you know monocultural stuff that you know destroys the soil and is. Is there to make as much and there's the whole starting of the prosperity
0: gospel. Yeah, right.
2: Like dominion, I this is
0: what God gave me. Mm -hmm. So this is mine. So I use it how I need it.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. Right,
0: and Mm -hmm. and it's and it's it's the opposite. It's how do I help the earth maintain Mm -hmm. the goodness of it?
3: Mm -hmm. Mm. It's hard to disentangle the questions about how do you live without a car or how do you live more simply to, to separate that out for me, at least from a faith perspective,
4: Mm -hmm. that,
3: um, that we do have that responsibility. Um, there is a fine line between maximizing available, you know, acreage to produce, you know, to take from the earth in a, in a, in a, a, you know, I hate, it's not a real word, but I like it anyway in a planful way.
4: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: um, to allow people to live in community together and take care of each other. To really find between that, which I think is with good intention, and um, and then beginning the process of exploiting, hoarding, you know, taking advantage of. And I, But I think that's also applicable in our everyday life.
1: This reminds me a little yeah. bit of a previous podcast of, of this particular podcast, where we were talking about how um, one of our guest preachers was dealing with this you know the story where Jesus challenges the rich man to give away um,
4: all his the stuff, all this yeah, stuff, yeah. and just give it to, the to, poor. to follow yeah.
1: everything. Yeah. yeah, and Dan, you actually like reached out to me after that episode. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, what oh, were yeah. you thinking with that?
3: I could think of something really provocative to say. Um, the, you know that that answer scares us all to death.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I think that we want to say, well, we didn't, you know, he didn't really mean that, or that doesn't really apply to us because we're not rich or, you know, some other way to excuse ourselves. And, and it is hard to figure that out. Um, It is hard. And I struggle with that. I'm still struggling with that. Um, There are folks who seem to be doing that or have done that. um, And we rarely know their names because <laughs> uh-huh. they're serving in roles or, or places in the world that, we, that just don't get a lot of um, attention on this earth. Um, but I um, so I guess it's, it, I'm taking more of a um, gradual approach to trying to answer that question versus a all of a sudden. Uh-huh. But I do think what I feel called to do is, again, simplify, reduce, recycle, et cetera, but also um, in order to um, give more. I mean the purpose of uh, of my life is to um, you know <laughs> honor God and honor those that you know around me and, and love others but I certainly feel like uh, I've had a lot of um, resources afforded to me it's my job it's my purpose to find ways to give it back effectively mm-hmm. and and I think for all of us, that in some ways I think that probably means challenging ourselves to to do more of that, to give more and do
4: more and serve
0: more. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's where creation care can look different um, because you know we think we can give back to you know reduce and simplify and uh, you know try to you know get into a tiny home or whatever you feel called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's also can look different as to give back to the community, to the people in the community. Um, You know, the narrative shifts from uh, creation and work in the land to where you don't find that kind of talk in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. But you do have this idea of uh, that chapters in acts where you pull everything Mm -hmm. together and Mm -hmm. it's the there's resources for the community Mm -hmm. and you take what you need, right? Mm -hmm. So it's for the, that would be like um, creation care for the community, for the people. Um, And we don't really talk about that. I mean, we talk about that, but not as creation care. We talk about it as um, justice Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Um,
1: It's like we forget that community is creation.
0: We forget that we are creation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, like humanity
2: is creation. And the things that, prizes, yeah, prize the, the things that go along with creation, which is we're a social species, you yeah. know, and we yeah. interact with each other. And that's sort of what we do. And that's and the, that way that we interact with each other as humans on this earth is part of that, is part of that yeah. creation as well, you know,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and all the epistles were like, you know, Paul telling the church, the community how to function, how to live, how to get the most out of life. Um, under hard circumstances, Mm -hmm.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and how to care for each other yeah, Yeah. and care for, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: yeah, you know, I think, I think a lot of times we do, you know, in these kinds of conversations, we can have the reduce, reuse, recycle conversation. And I think then we can have the care for our community conversation. I think that there's also like a self care component that doesn't always come up. And that's one of the reasons that I'm kind of interested in, uh, you know, having Dr. Mm -hmm. Edwards on the call is because I think like that's what's at the heart, right, of a lot of our, what we do with the field of psychology, right, is thinking about like Mm
4: -hmm.
1: also, like within ourselves, how do we take care of ourselves? Um, Mm -hmm. What would you say to that, Dan?
3: Oh, boy. Neza, I like your framing. That That's, you know, taking care of the earth, taking care of each other, taking care of ourselves. Um, It's interesting that when Jesus was asked, what's the thing that really matters? Like, boil it all down for me. And he said, um, love God. Um, By the way, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How do we do that? Um, But number two, not just love your neighbor, right? But love your neighbor as yourself. And so, yeah. Yes, I think all three of those levels of your framework there, Sherry, to me, makes sense. I've done a fair bit of trying to translate from what I consider to be, I'm kind of a left-brain psychology person, right? I'm looking for evidence-based programs. I'm looking for science-based solutions Mm -hmm. and follow the data, which admittedly in psychology is not as hard and fast as in some other fields, but um, it's still there. and then try to crosswalk that into the, the evangelical framework <laughs> that I was that I was raised in. If you read the Bible through the lens of psychology, there's some interesting characters in the book that do interesting things <laughs> yeah. that are wrestling with itter- interesting issues. Somebody pointed out to me the other day, did you know that three of the giants of our faith were all murderers?
0: I like Moses?
3: Nah, I, I can't be, but you know, Moses and David mm-hmm. and Paul were probably all murderers. Yeah. Um, you know, what today we would consider to be, you know, felons with no rights and no place in society. And yet, you know, God was able to turn their lives around, obviously. Um, and one of them even said, "Is a man after my own heart. So there's just so much, um, to think about. I'm, I'm going on a little bit, but one of my favorite stories about, um, biblical characters with psychological issues, uh, with Jacob
4: mm-hmm.
3: and, and his, um, You know, the dream that he had, I I interpret that through the lens of him having uh, a really serious depression. Maybe it's a metaphor. Maybe it's an interpretation. But, you know, he was wrestling with an angel and it it took all of his strength to fight it. Um, And and he couldn't sleep. And, you know, (laughs) it's just a terrible time for him. But in the end of the day, he was touched by God as a result of that experience. Mm -hmm. But you know what? The interesting part is that he touched him on the hip and he never walked the same way again. What does that mean Mm. (laughs) from a psychology lens, right? To be touched by depression and then never walk the same way in life again. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Mm. So.
1: Well, and I love hearing you talk about the idea of psychology in the Bible. Through that lens, Dan, because I think a lot of times and again like I feel like I have a little bit of an evangelical recovery story here too. A lot of times when the Bible and mental health are brought together, I feel like it's always that one passage that's like, be anxious about nothing. There you go. Yeah, right. Just just don't be anxious. <laughs> and now you're good.
4: Just do
3: it. Um, just, just stop doing it. Right. Yeah.
1: And I, I think there's like a little bit of this spiritual bypassing thing that we do with mental health where it's like, well, if you just lean on God, then you're good. Um, Do you think it's more complicated than that?
2: Oh, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I've seen several, you know, several, you know, very religious, you know, students of mine that said that, that are anxious as hell, you know, anxious as they could be. It's like, that's my favorite Bible verse. And it's like, really? really yeah. because it doesn't seem to be yeah. tracking with <laughs> your, your approach too right. much right it's like i take a lot of comfort in that it's like do you do you You know right it's, it's interesting
3: well we have the it you know. you know, so I, I don't know if any you guys probably are old enough to remember but the original christian psychologist back in the 70s and 80s was a guy named jay adams mm-hmm. and his his stuff was a lot of you remember him marty i do pretty pretty conservative and it pretty much um you know if you have a problem you pray about it and you go see your pastor about it and if you still have a problem then it's like probably sin based and so you need to you know examine your life uh, or whatever uh, and then there was the folks in Dallas Minerith Meyer one was a psychologist one was a psychiatrist I think and they wrote things that were a little less I think um you know sin based sin focused uh
4: um
3: because being a psychiatrist they began to sort of acknowledge the role that biology plays um you know neurotransmitters and whatnot that 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 can that actively um uh, what's the right word uh, mediate our feelings
4: mm. and you
3: know that those feelings are chem- chemically based often um surges of adrenaline or whatever and um so I think that the field sort of emerged or evolved a bit away from that but um i don't actually know today who's the
4: <laughs>
3: who's speaking with truth. Probably people like uh, Nadia boltz Weber probably <laughs> would be the modern-day Christian psychologist who really dive deep into that shit and try. Oops, can I say that? Try to figure yeah, that yeah. out anything you want. Yeah. Faith made <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: Swear so and, and it's uh,
0: yeah. So, so, so yeah, I think it's interesting that we should have this conversation about. Creation care, but first how can we care for creation if we can't care for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right Mm -hmm. Because when Mm -hmm. Jesus said love your neighbor as yourself, how many people really truly love themselves? Yeah,
2: right?
1: Well, yeah, like that's the assumption is that we're good at that and I don't think
2: I don't think we're good at that
1: No, yeah, and that's what I hit up
2: against in my meditation communities all the Mm -hmm. time is you know the the eastern tradition is with with metta the metta practice of loving kindness starts with we'll start really easy let's love <clears> ourselves <throat> and people are like whoa 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 you know that's the that's the bridge that's way too far it, you know mm-hmm. it's easier to, to actually generate loving kindness a sense of that to your worst enemy for a lot of people than it actually is towards yourself mm-hmm. um and you know that that seems to be a very i don't know if it it can't be exclusively western but it's a it's certainly more prevalent in, in western Western thinking in the yeah, Western world, would,
3: you know? Yeah, I guess I, I would just want to temper it a bit. I go back to, like, now I'm going to call it the Sherry Framework. Um Ooh, I you have know, a framework. woo
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> The three levels of taking care of, you know, the environment, the earth, uh, taking care of our community, of those we come in contact with, a la the Good Samaritan, right? Who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it might be just somebody you come across.
4: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Who's
3: of a totally different... Race, ethnicity, faith, whatever, um, and taking care of ourselves. To me, there's some kind of magical interplay between the three. I can become so overfocused on taking care of myself that I'm not really connected to my community or my earth, right? right? That's not okay.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Um, and I worry about that a little bit in our Western, very in- individualistically oriented society. <laughs>
4: um,
3: where I think in other societies they're they're much more tuned into being a part of a community
4: mm-hmm. and and
3: resolving problems through conversations than than we are. So I'm not saying that's wrong, but mm-hmm. I I personally hesitate on. Um, I, I guess I'm just recognizing in our society we have a tendency to be focused on ourselves. Maybe not in a healthy way.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. right. But
3: I do. Feel, I feel like some of the healing might come by being part of a community by be by being mindful of the where we are in the earth. That's all. yeah, well, and, and being it, out in oh, nature. That's a
2: great right? point. Yeah, and some of that conversation about you know. Uh, Love you know, love your neighbor as yourself, as it sort of goes. Does that does that mean I have to love myself first? So I should just kind of work on myself, and mm. then when I solve that, right. then I love my neighbor. Or, well, I can never do that, so I'm just not even going to do that. I'm just going to focus on the neighbor thing and hope cognitive dissonance sort of works it out for me. And it it sort of dawns yep. on me eventually, mm. just through my actions, that I can make that transition. Or do I do both at once? You know, so it it's it's a, it's a difficult entree entree I think for mm-hmm. for folks, especially if they don't. Know where to even start with what it means to love yourself.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it does seem like it's a balancing act. For some reason, as we're talking about this, I keep thinking about the book, The Giving Tree. Um, do y'all know that? The kids' book. book? Mm-hmm. The kids' book. Yes, yeah. I know that. One. Yeah, um, I think Paul, you know that yeah, one. Too, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So recently on the interwebs, they there have been mm-hmm. people working on rewriting the end of that book, and I think it's it's kind of like mm-hmm. a creation care self-care okay. like all of this is mixed into it because like the whole premise right sorry kids to spoil the ending but at the end you know like this tree just gives of itself so much that it dies <laughs> um, right. and for years and I still this uh, just last week I had a student tell me that it was her favorite book because it reminded her that she should be giving and I'm like are you mm. kidding like this is a hor- like Is that the message we should take away? Is that, and so I think we get, we can get sort of caught up in like, we have to give all of ourselves all the time and then you end Mm -hmm. up completely depleted and then you don't do yourself or any of the community or the creation any good either.
3: Isn't the, isn't the rewrite title, like the tree that set healthy boundaries and yeah. lived a long happy life or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was great. like, no, this <laughs> has gone on long enough. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> shut it down. I want to keep
3: my branches. Thank you very much.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, even yeah.
0: Paul talks about kind of that unhealthy boundary in mm. to Corinthians, to the church in Corinth. He says, I die daily so that I might live as Christ would, mm. meaning that Everything that's within me is going to die, so that I can benefit the community the most.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's good if you're like not doing anything, but if you're like doing too much, that you like that—that's a that's a, a nasty little line right there mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say that I die mm-hmm. daily to everything that I might need mentally, mm-hmm. physically, in order for the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like the giving tree.
4: Hmm.
3: Um. I like what I like what Paul said too about um, sometimes we're tempted to view this equation as a you know a and then b and then c or mm-hmm. whatever, but right. it's not like start here and then you'll get to the other two. Um, th- there's there's that that interaction, but but I guess I would say if you were going to start somewhere, um, that Probably I would say faith and reason, another sort of interesting interplay. But I mean, as I say, reason, I think about the the science behind the psychology that I sort of advocate for.
4: Mm-hmm. I
3: think there's good like, scientific evidence and a good faith perspective to focus on the community first mm. to be, a, I mean, we're born into a family unit where we live, you know, we live, I think our best lives when we are connected to a community. And, um, and then out of that, right, we can agree about how we should be good stewards of the earth. And hopefully out of that, we also learn uh, from other people about ways we can take care of ourselves or, or, or we have people to go to when we're not feeling our best selves.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Um, but d- again, I think in our society, we don't, we don't get pulled that way. We, we actually, I mean, all the trends are, right, demographic trends are that we're pulling ourselves apart and isolating ourselves
4: uh-huh. more
3: and more. Um, and the opposite of what I think would be a healthy...
0: Yeah. A healthier way that's funny because like are you a deep in thought <laughs> oh go ahead
1: no go ahead marty and then i'll I will, uh i'll stay I was, deep in thought
0: i was thinking like since COVID hit what the benefit of it it mm. seems like the earth has reset itself almost like like the smog is not as thick and Ooh. You yeah. know, things have happened. to smells in
2: Venice are clear for the first time. That's right, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and
1: the squirrels think they have dominion over <laughs> the <laughs> earth.
4: <laughs>
0: and the, and like the uh, dolphins are coming up yeah. closer to the shores, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know yeah. things are kind of the yeah. earth is resetting itself. But at the same time, we're isolating ourselves. We have to, like, we're mm-hmm. kind of cutting cutting ourselves off to to stay safe. Um, so it's a kind of a weird dynamic of, of
3: physically. S-
0: uh, physically, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I wish we would call it physical distancing and not social distancing. Because mm. I think we have to figure that out. We have to figure we that have to, out.
0: Have to so that's social. The difference yeah, between the compliant.
1: two. Yeah. Right, because I think the goal is still to keep, I mean, that's why we use all this stuff like Zoom and everything. We want to keep the social intimacy while keeping the physical distance. Um, right. It's kind of related to what I was thinking when Dan called me on being deep in thought. Um, so while you were talking, Dan, I was thinking about the old saying, put your own oxygen mask on first. Oh,
4: yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, yeah. but I don't think that that is, you know, I don't think that pushes against what you're talking about. Like the idea of putting your own mo- oxygen mask on first, or the idea of taking care of yourself first. That whole saying, we wouldn't need that saying without community. The assumption is You need to put your mask on so you can be there for others. Right. So I don't think it has to be a, like, choose one. Choose yourself first or choose Mm -hmm. the community first. It's, I think they're related. Like, if you are going to do any good for your community, you have to Mm -hmm. take care of yourself. Like, one of the things I've been telling my students this year, and it's in my syllabus, is that you won't hear from me on the weekends or after 6 p.m. because I'll be a better teacher to my folks if I take some time away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like Mm -hmm. my investment in the community means I have to take some time away.
3: Right, right, and and very good point, and and that's, to me, that's super, super helpful. Not only to think it and to do it, but to actually, you know, forewarn people that you are going to do it, that you care about, let me just let you know what's happening here for me. Um, But I also think it's, it it may be you know all of us are different. So I don't know if there's a you know one size fits all rule here. Um, I I really I was think I was speaking from myself and from what I see in our society and mm-hmm. and so you know really wanting to be part of a community a family um, is important for me right mm-hmm. and other people yeah maybe that I need to start with myself and get my own mask on. <laughs>
4: um,
3: so yeah, but was, I lo- I love the frameworks here. I think you you have a book somewhere in the future talk about this framework.
1: Or oh, at least a PowerPoint. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at least a PowerPoint. A good Prezi presentation. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, exactly. maybe a right, TED right. Talk.
2: There is this, I mean, built no into this, though, is that there is this, there is there is math involved with this, you know, that, you know, when we, when we do act towards the good of our community, that is going to come at the expense of some, I mean, I'm just going to use kind of loose words here some sort of energetic investment from our part you know um when we say you know giving of our, ourselves i mean that that sounds like good words but and and it, and it is but what what is being given and you know when we say you know i'm feeling depleted because i did all the stuff for the people and i feel that too i mean with as, as teachers we do this mm-hmm. you know you feel this marty in a good after a you know rip roaring sermon or a service. I mean you can be exhausted after that. You know, and I'll I'll be lecturing on some topic or having this you know one on one with uh, with a student about something. And afterwards you're just wiped out. You're just exhausted. And mm-hmm. it's like all I did was sit there and listen and talk, but the something energetic mm-hmm. has left me. To be of service to others and jesus talks about this when mm-hmm. the lady touched his robe and, mm-hmm. and was healed and he says i felt i felt the power leaving me or whatever it yeah. whatever it was mm-hmm. you know and you know it, there's a couple of places you know i think in the bible where it's like jesus was like you know what i'm worn out i'm gonna go hide from y'all and mm-hmm. <laughs> grab a snack You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna go pray yeah. What saying. yeah 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 <laughs> um
0: yeah. I mean, maybe he was having chicken. I don't know. Well, uh, it was like,
2: he, he, he's like, I'm going to dip out for a little bit and sort of hang up on myself and get some Jesus time, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm worn out. And and so there's this sort of conversation, which I think COVID-19 has sort of forced on what it is. And we talk about this all the time, you and me, Sherry. Mm-hmm. What uh, what energizes us, mm-hmm.
4: you yeah. know,
2: what, what, do we, what re-energizes us when we when we feel depleted? Yeah. Because it does feel like something is is being given by us when we do serve, community in some in some way yeah.
0: yeah i mean the seventh day of the creation story
1: right yeah. right god takes mm-hmm. rest god
0: yeah. is relaxing right to god and just day, like yeah. hey some
2: god time
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's interesting because uh one of the things that i've done since we did COVID is i went to a workshop with robin that was about uh how communities of faith take care of their pastors. And I think this is something mm. um, that like, as people of faith, I don't think we talk about enough, is that there are these very human members of our community that are called pastors. Um, and I think a lot of times we might think about, I know I'm guilty of this, like we might think of the church as the place we go to get support and we get cared for, uh, and then th- there are these people that, like, work at the church <laughs> that are also very mm-hmm. much real humans um, and often are doing so much labor. Like, uh, I came into church this morning and Marty wasn't, you know, it turns out Marty doesn't just show up at the pulpit every Sunday. Uh, so all of his tasks are sort of bigger than I think most of the church knows. So today he looked like a Ghostbuster spring or sanctuary with... What was that, Marty? Some She's sort kind of disinfectant, of right? Um, yeah. So, um, when you're in seminary, Marty, how much like time gets spent on how do pastors take care of themselves and yeah. how do pastors makes allow themselves to be cared for by their own community?
0: Um, the more the focus is more on how are you as a pastor going to maintain your spiritual nourishment. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much focused on how are you going to take care of you? And not saying that those two can't go together, Mm -hmm. but it was more like, you know, you're going to be um, working, you know, on your sermon, you're going to be studying, and everybody thinks, oh, wow, I would love to do that just to read the Bible all day and stuff like that. But (laughs) it's not like I... I'm in touch like I have this aha moment every time I'm studying Mm -hmm. I don't have like this connection with God every moment that I try to work on Bible studies small groups whatever so seminary there was a class called spiritual formations and it was all about your spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and tools to help maintain that Mm -hmm. Um, but it is not much of how are you mentally, you going to survive church work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's, basically, that's what seminary does. It breaks down your faith. So they had a class in there to help you kind of put all the pieces <laughs> back, back together. Back together.
1: Um, oh, that's education in general, right? We yeah, tear you apart yeah, so we is. can build you back. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. It almost sounds like, um, that now that you guys are raising that question, talking about that, you... and and using the Sherry Spiegel framework.
1: I really like that, um, stand.
3: (laughs) Personal communication, October 2020. Um, (laughs) You, as a pastor, you are in a community, but you're responsible in many ways for the health of that community. It's a heavier burden. Um, And so the to me, the balancing act would be you'd have to be more mindful and thoughtful of, and intentional about also the self care, yeah. in order to be effective, right? In that, yeah, in that me, you know, Jesus time framework, <laughs> I need some Marty time so yeah. I can be a better pastor.
0: You know, back in my more conservative days, um, somebody told me that I, I was—I don't even remember where it was—but it stuck with me. Somebody said that you can't lead anybody closer to Jesus than you are. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me because it's like mm-hmm. if I don't know the person that I proclaim, how mm-hmm. is anybody else going to know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that, but I think that we can I can rethink that to say I can't help people any more than I am healthy, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if I'm not healthy, yep. I'm not helping anybody get healthier. If that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, and and i can't take care of all the resources that are are in my possession mm-hmm. unless i'm healthy, right? Mm-hmm. i can't care for the earth if i'm not in a good place cuz i don't care. right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: i won't recycle. i'll just throw the the plastic bottle in the trash. i don't because i'm just not in that place of it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. um So yeah, it's interesting how how these podcasts end up and the conversations go because it it was health care. I mean, creation care, and then it moved (laughs) to realizing that hey, if we're going to take care of the earth, then we have to be in a place to do that Mm -hmm. mentally and physically.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: well, I thought it was interesting. We didn't stay on that point too long but i thought it was interesting marty when you pointed out that there's passages a lot of passages in the old testament about taking care of the earth Mm -hmm. or a lot of the a lot of the passages that talk about the majesty of the skies or the beauty of the planet in the psalms or in the major prophets or going back to the genesis story there's a lot of ways of thinking and or even the the you know levitical code there's a lot in there about how we are to interact with the earth and in the New Testament not so much
0: not so much um, yeah.
3: so I think we pivoted a little bit there to talking more about community, which I think you know makes sense but i I just hadn't I guess I hadn't thought about that before
2: yeah.
3: um, going back to the conversation though about community and I, one of you guys raised the the passage in acts I think maybe it was Marty mm-hmm. about how they lived and gave to each other and took care of each other um, I, I guess I guess it's sort of a question, but is that still um, a, the goal of our communities that we build together, and and um, and B, does that also give us an idea of what the answer, the modern day answer to the rich young ruler, should mm-hmm. look like?
1: Yeah. Did you just ask us what the role of community is, Dan? <laughs> Dan just kind of, asked soft a yeah. <laughs> softball question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in, do we, if our community were to look like that? first Community, the first Christian community in Acts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, well, you know, if you think about the people we're um, kind of affiliated with in our community, like Carpenter Shelter, Alive, um, you know, Casa Chirilagua. I mean, we don't have like every resource to help our community, but we do, or we are in connection with people who do. Help other people, Um, so I think that's a bigger. um, I like that model because it's not all on our responsibility for everybody, but it's a joint effort Mm -hmm. with uh, other organizations to make our community better. Mm -hmm. Um, Now Acts, it was like throw everything in the pot, and then you just kind of take what you need, and then you know. and was it Ananias? Ananias who didn't didn't throw in the pot and then him and his wife yeah, just right. died yeah. Like yeah. after they got caught? They lied about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he lied about it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's frightening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so remember that, Dan. So <laughs> the remember that giving, next right? time you don't <laughs> give your tithe.
2: <laughs> um, it better be 10% because you know what's going to happen. If it's not.
0: But I think kind of the way we're, we're thinking about it, is a good way. Can it be better? Of course. Mm-hmm. Like, we should could be more mm-hmm. involved in different areas. We could be um, kind of trying to uh, get involved with mm-hmm. other organizations. Uh, but, I think we're doing what we can and what we know, especially in these
2: times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like to always sort of throw this really like shockingly inconvenient kind of question into a lot of these podcasts with this so it's like what if I'm a listener to this podcast and I'm feeling inspired how do I start Mm -hmm. right how do I get started with this and I, I think people oftentimes this, this itch sort of comes up within them by, by itself. Eh, I could do a little bit more. It's like, what am I doing with all this stuff? How can I be of better service to my community? How you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can feel this pull all the time with, within us, this desire to want to be a good servant to our earth or a good member of our community to be helpful with that. Um, how do you how do you get started? I mean, how does any, anybody have any advice on that? Because you know, I started this as like so so Dan, you sold your car, so it's like <laughs> when you woke up that morning yeah. and said, you know, now today's the day. You know what 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 gets me there? Yeah. So you, you probably had this uh, this idea in your head or this notion in your head that that was the thing that would make you um, walk uh, as, you, as you said your your path to joy a little bit a little bit more fervently. Mm-hmm. You know how do how do we get started with this? I mean, and, and I don't would people to come away from this thinking that, well, I have to start by selling my car. I mean, there there are other things that we can do that are not quite. uh,
0: Yeah. I think it's basically, I don't think one person can wake up and say, all right, I'm going to do this, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think it's one person saying, hey, I need to talk to some people and say, what can we do? Mm -hmm. Like, I think you have to have people um, having these conversations and people in the community to know your community, to know where to start mm-hmm. like when we, Robert and I came here, this church was totally different from our church that we served in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do the same things we did there as we did here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had to get to know you know the members of the church and get to know the community and what's the struggles in the community and mm-hmm. and do that and it, it takes time and uh, but the key to this is being consistent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just being consistent at it. Um, when we started Alive at the food distribution once a month, we've been doing that for probably, we've been here a little over eight years, and we started that like the second year we were here. So we've been doing it like seven years. We've Ooh. just been consistently a group of people every month. Same thing with Carpenter Shelter because those are needs that we could do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um
1: and I think the fact that we model that, like, as a church helps people to have to get some ideas about how to make some of those choices for themselves, right? Yeah. Like, um, Eric and I lived in Alexandria for a while before we came to this church, and then we started coming to this church, and that's how we learned about Alive. And then we were like, why do we expect, like, only to support that by way of the church? Like, that's something we believe in, um, and so then we can make a,
4: mm-hmm. you know, a direct
1: line. Like, it, I think... The fact that the church shows, helps show, um, start a sort of conversation with the congregation about what are our, our community needs helps us then as individuals also to be able to yeah. go back into the community.
0: And then like here, we're, we're like right here at D.C. where there's so much advocacy work that mm-hmm. needs to mm-hmm. be done, right? Um, and that's not going to be in, you know, West Virginia yeah, or, right. you know, Mississippi or anywhere else like um So it's it's being consistent Mm -hmm. members of the community, which then you start getting a vision of what to do and where to go. Um, But it is it's I wish it was like a wake up saying, hey, I think this we should do this. And it happens because most of the time you think you have the idea and it changes just like conversations and
2: podcasts
4: yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> it yeah, changes yeah. that quick right yeah yeah I
2: mean is it a, is it a responsibility of a faith community to uh research has to be uh research uh, opportunities for yeah it has to be I mean that's the outreach philanthropy call it whatever you know for
0: Mm-mm. it has to be our
2: responsibility
0: mm-hmm. who else will do it yeah and it's not that we have all the answers but it has we are available and that's what the message should be.
2: hmm Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it.
1: I do
3: too. So I have, have one other just quick thought about that. Um, there's a phrase that has been a big part of my life's um, journey. Do well by doing good. Mm. Um, and I've struggled with that at times, but I do think in, in a community like Alexandria, where our relative um, median income is pretty high, and our relative level of education is pretty high, and you have very, um, a high level of talented, successful, connected people. Um, these are hard things to try to sort out, right? How do I yeah. take care of the earth? How do I take care of others? How do I take care of myself? And, but this notion of doing well by doing good, how do I do, make a life by you know, trying to do good in the world? Um, at times, I thought, "Well, the doing like doing well part shouldn't matter. I don't. I don't need to be paid, whatever eighty thousand or one hundred eighty thousand or eight million or whatever to to be able to do good in the world. I should be able to do good." But I I read this book called Impact on me maybe ten years ago. Um, How to do good better
4: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. It was the title of the book, and long story short, his, after sort of taking an evidence-based approach to philanthropy, how do we, looking at different ways of trying to have an impact on um, the world, he came to the conclusion that the most, and even looking at like giving to big organizations, giving to the homeless guy on the street, giving to, um, there's programs where you can give directly now to um, Mm -hmm. people who, uh, you know, in developing nations um, or, or, or nearby. Um, Mm -hmm. but you just sort of give money directly to and hope to have the most impact. His conclusion was um, that the best thing we can do is to um, sort of figure out our calling on the earth and do it as best as we can and basically make as much money as we can um, and then give it away in a very Mm -hmm. uh, targeted, thoughtful way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I mean, I don't know that that's the perfect solution, but I think there's some truth to that. Uh, If we could get to the place where we're all at the top of our career, doing very well, you know, publishing books about our three frame (laughs) view of the world, (laughs) making millions like we're the next Robin DiAngelo. I don't know. Um, And then you take huge chunks of that and give it away to causes that you care about that. You know, that feels like an effective way to address some of the ills.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Robin and I have always dreamed. But right, if but, we, but uh, need
3: not you know not needing all that money is a, is a huge uh, part of that, right? Yeah, yeah. The simplified part.
0: Robin and I always talk about you know if we ever won one, how fun it would be to, if we won the lottery. How much money we would give? Like we would just we were mm-hmm. just sitting, think about just the people and the organizations and scholarships mm-hmm. that we'd set up for people, and you mm-hmm. know just all these things. Like we were just dreaming, and then we we're just like. Maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't <laughs> wait. You no know play. I know. I, gotta, you know. I gotta go play. buy some tickets. But. but I,
1: you know, I think that there's something to be said even for that like mental like checklist of like, well, what would we do? And so then like mm. when you you give yourself that thought experiment. It's basically a personal audit, and maybe you don't get that stuff at that level, but it does tell you where your values are. Yeah, it does. And then yeah. you can say, yeah, well, does. at my level, mm-hmm. in my current context. What is the best thing? I Yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. Right? You know, and I mm-hmm. think it's
2: better to do something than right to spend all your time, you know, just sort of thinking about it or kind of humming and he and hawn hawing about it, and you know, thinking, mm-hmm. well, I have to take care of myself. Well, I have to. Uh, I mean, there's a million different reasons mm-hmm. to not. Ultimately, it comes down to, mm-hmm. okay, this is the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna start poking at this actively, mm-hmm. right? And see what see who my community is. And in their, in that see what their needs are in, in that reflecting on myself and what I'm good at and what I can offer and seeing how many, how many fingers I can put in some some holes in the dam you mm-hmm. know
4: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then there's the whole aspect of um, just kind of wrap things up I guess uh, you know even though we were given dominion over creation at the beginning, we messed it up. Pretty good. Sure, that was um, early on too. Right. And <laughs> but, yeah, and that was very early on. That's that was not, like the sixth day is. or that's seventh like, yeah, day, or like, eighth yeah, day, or something like that. Um, <laughs> but we messed it up pretty quick, pretty good. But in that, there was there's always that redemption story going through, and it, that redemption story goes through our lives, and we have to make room for that, even yeah. when we don't have the best idea and it went wrong or we don't, we're not in our community as much. Maybe that's being part of the starting point of the redemption story of your communities is just acknowledging, hey, we're not doing it. Or, hey, we messed it up. Or, hey, we messed it (coughs) up so bad. How are we going to fix it? Can we be a part of this redemptive story now? Mm
3: It would be an interesting world to live in if we dedicated one seventh of our week to um, recreation, recreation,
4: yeah. literally. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and one tenth of our income to others. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: To building the beloved community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would just, even those two things would just be an interesting life.
0: And if everybody did that, it would be such. It'd be amazing to see the change.
3: hmm
2: like It'd be this. radical. It would
0: be. Yeah.
3: It yeah. would be like a most unbelievable
2: life, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was an awesome shout-out. Um, <laughs> awesome. And easier than giving, like, all your stuff away. You know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's
4: like...
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I
4: know. <laughs>
1: hmm yeah, yeah. yeah. Well...
4: You gotta start somewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, this has been a lovely awesome. conversation. I, um, one of the fun things about these is I never know where they're going to go, but I'm always glad they went wherever they go.
2: Yeah, when, when people are, that we that we bring on as a guest say, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, oh. I like, we'll don't Don't worry about that. Let's yeah, just go. Details, details, <laughs> details.
1: And this is the guy who, at the beginning of this podcast, was like, I'm pretty sure this is my last one. But now he's using this we language. Yeah, well,
2: you know, <laughs> who knows? Who, uh, who knows, knows what this podcast will bring Thank you, Dan. Yeah, thanks Dan.
1: Thanks Dan.
3: Thank you guys. I would love to hear your maybe someday you guys can give me some feedback if there was anything that we talked about today that you thought, you know, that was interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Or you know what? I thought about it some more and you're dead wrong. We need to go have a beer and talk this out.
2: <laughs> well, and we can uh, the listeners also can can throw in on that as well. Yeah, so it's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. There's some I, ways for yeah. the listeners to to voice their their thoughts on that.
1: But I think that's always the reason that I want to be in a room with Dan Edwards is because, yeah, there's always something I want to talk more about or there's something I want to pretend I disagree with you on just to have it, the excuse for that beer. So <laughs> <laughs> there it
3: is. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Uh, yeah. Well,
2: keep up your awesome work, Dan. Your feeling is mutual. Yeah, keep up your thank awesome Thank you,
3: guys. Work. This has been a wonderful opportunity to chat with you all. So thank you. Yeah. Great.
2: Thanks. Have great. a great day.
0: All right. Bye, y'all. Take care. See everybody. you soon.
2: Bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com.